Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Over 5,000 people attended an event in the Three Arena on Saturday on the subject of a united Ireland. The event, held by non-profit organisation Ireland's Future, with several high-profile pig, uh, figures in Irish politics uh, engaging on the issue, including the Tánaiste Leo Varadkar and Sinn Féin leader Mary Lou MacDonald. Uh, the Taoiseach, Michal Martin, wasn't there uh, because he was at the um, Fianna Fáil Ardesh, apparently. Anyway, the continued push for Irish unity has uh, come more to the fore recently, with Sinn Féin in particular continuing, obviously, to uh, press its case at home and abroad. The recent uh, census figures from Northern Ireland show that for the first time in Northern Ireland's 101-year uh, history, there are now more Catholics than Protestants in Northern Ireland, um, according to the latest census. The new figures show a total of 45.7% of people in the North are either Catholic or from a Catholic background, uh, compared to 43.5% who are Protestant or from other Christian denominations. Uh, the UK's uh, in the UK, Labour's Shadow Northern Ireland Secretary Peter Kyle has said that he'd be willing to call a border poll if the circumstances set out in the Good Friday Agreement were met. And in a recent uh, opinion poll, we were just looking at this, and this is what I want to focus on. In a recent opinion poll, fifty-five percent said they would like to see a united Ireland in their lifetime. Thirty-five percent said no, and ten uh, percent weren't sure. So that's by no means a fait accompli. That is by no means job done in terms of a uh, united Ireland. Down here in the south, 55% said they would like to see a united Ireland in their lifetime. That leaves the remaining 45%, nah, not interested. Not interested. All the hassle that'll go with it. Could we even afford it? Would our taxes increase? Would we have to change our flag? Would we have to change our national anthem? Would Northern Ireland stay separate from the rest of the island? It's a nightmare for some. I would love to hear from you. Our number is 087-188-0008. You can send us a text, a WhatsApp or a WhatsApp voice note to that number. Would you like to see a United Ireland in your lifetime? That's the question we're asking. And all that goes with that. Because if we were a, um, a happy United Ireland, you would, for example, have on the 12th of July a parade of the Orange Order on O'Connell Street. Well, you'd have to, wouldn't you? Because we're all one big happy family then. How would that go down? Like a lead balloon, I should imagine. But that would have to be part of the conversation, wouldn't it? Because the uh, Orange Order, obviously, are uh, part of what makes up this island. And if they wanted to march up O'Connell Street, then they'd have to march, then they should be able to march up O'Connell Street. You would think, wouldn't you? 087-188-0008 is our number. And the question, I want to run a very unscientific uh, poll here. And we want to ask you the question that was asked on the journal, but we want to see how our listeners feel about it. The question I want to ask you is, would you like to see a united Ireland in your lifetime? Just send me a yes or a no to 87 087- one double eight treble zero eight oh eight seven one double eight treble zero eight. Would you like to see a united Ireland in your lifetime? And if not, why not? Okay, so if you're answering no, tell me why you're answering no. So once again, you send uh, a yes or a qualified no to oh eight seven one double eight treble zero eight. Would you like to see United Ireland in your own lifetime? If you answer yes, that's fine. If you're answering no, I'd love to know why not. 087-188-0008. And we'll get a very unscientific uh, poll going here uh, at Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. Now, Brian, you're on Ireland's Classic Hits. How are you, Brian? I'm very good. Good afternoon. And good afternoon to you, Brian. Uh, well, Brian, we have 5,000 people ga- gathered over the weekend, including Mary Lou MacDonald and Leo Varadkar, and lots more besides. 5,000 people to discuss the Ireland of the future. Would you like to see a united Ireland in your own lifetime? 
I would be very much in favour of a united Ireland. Um, I mean, Ireland belongs to the Irish, uh, and we should it should be belong to the Irish people. And if not, if Ireland should be united, mm-hmm. it should be when it's united. Do you know what I mean? Um, I mean, if you go back to 1916, they didn't have a border poll back then. They decided to do it themselves. And in six years, we got three quarters of the country. So we shouldn't be asking the British whether we can have a border poll or not. I mean, the Irish government should be... Well, that's what we all signed up for with the Belfast Agreement, the Good Friday Agreement. That's what we signed up for. Then it is. (laughs) That's what we voted in favour of. We voted in favour of what? Keeping the six counties, is it? No, we voted in favour of it being the... um, in the gift of the Northern Ireland Secretary to decide when a border poll is called, and that is based on uh, whether or not it's likely to pass. Simple as. Do not the Irish government have a say in it? Not particularly, no. No. You see, like, there's our country, we have no say in it whatsoever, like that, it's up to the British. I mean, you're kind of basically saying that what Putin is doing in Ukraine you're saying we're going to have a border poll in Ukraine. Now, the difference is we, ha- we had yeah, a vote. Yeah, hang, on, hang on, hang on, Brian. The, the difference well, is we on, had on. a vote north and south of the border. We voted in favour of the Good Friday Agreement, and that Good Friday Agreement recognises that uh, Northern Ireland remains part of the United Kingdom as long as the majority of the population wants it to be so. That's what we voted for. The majority of the people in Northern Ireland want it, is it? And we'd have no say in the south. No, you're not listening to me. When we voted in favour of the Good Friday Agreement here in the South and in the North, what we were voting for is to accept the status quo in Northern Ireland that it remains part of the UK unless a majority of the population in the North wants it changed. And that is not the case at this moment. I don't know if it is or isn't. Like, I mean, do you know where you find out whether, you, whether people want to, uh, to have a united Ireland? It's to actually have a poll. And putting that in the gift of... But opinion polls um, opinion polls will tell you that at this moment there is uh, no desire for it, certainly in the North. I don't know, is there? I mean, the, the people of, of the island should be asked. And anyway, it's our country, and we should be deciding what we want, uh, and we shouldn't be bowing down to, to the English whether they want to bother poll or don't want to bother poll. I mean, we should, our government should be insisting that we have uh, a border poll, a referendum uh, on this kind of thing so that we would get our country back, that we would become a 32-county Ireland. I mean, it is our country. And uh, no matter what anybody else says, it is our country. And we should have our whole country back. I mean, there was supposed to be a border poll in, in the 1920s, but for some reasons and others, like, I mean, it was pushed into the sideline. But, I mean, we need our country back. I mean, we were 800 years fighting against Brits to get it back. I know we have a chance to get it back and we should look for it and we should get it back. It's our country and it's not up to the gift of some Northern Ireland minister. But you're, you're not li- you clearly are not listening to what I've just said, Brian. That no, is I what we voted for. That is what we voted for back in 1998. I listened. I heard what you said, but I disagree with you. The Northern but I don't know how you voted back in 1998, but the majority of... Uh, People south of the border voted in favour of the uh, Good Friday Agreement, which essentially uh, maintains the status quo in Northern Ireland unless a majority of the population wants to change it. That's it. Simple. No, it's not. The Good Friday Agreement was a fairly complex situation. And just bring it down into one sentence, it's not doing the Good Friday Agreement uh, very good. We changed the Constitution of Ireland in order to facilitate all these kind of things. Yes, we dropped our claim to Northern Ireland. We got rid of Articles 2 and 3 of the Constitution. And that was part of it. Yes. So it was a complex piece of situation. But, I mean, it's still our country. And we want to get it back. Part of the reason why they changed the Constitution was to stop the the war that was going on there at the time. But, I mean, it's still our country and we still need to get it back. I mean, and what do we do? We just march in and take it? Ah, that's ridiculous. We well, don't then what are you talking in. about then? I mean, we can go through diplomatic means. I mean, you have the UN and people like that that we can negotiate. But, uh, with sorry, Brian, uh, with the greatest respect to you, if a majority of people in the six counties do not want to be part of a united Ireland and you can talk till the cows come home to them, um, what do we do then? March in and just oh, take oh, it? Uh, 
How do you know they don't want it? Opinion because I've seen, I've, I've read the opinion polls. polls. I'm looking at opinion polls for years on end. And it's not, it's all to do with national identity. And not everybody uh, who's a Catholic in Northern Ireland identifies as Irish, for example. That's just one small thing. Um, in other words, what I'm asking you is, do you believe that we, how do we take Northern Ireland if people aren't interested? Well, first of all, if we had a poll, um, a, a referendum on it, we'd find out and, and not be relying on polls with a question that can be screwed one way or the other. Okay, all right. So, to- stay there for one second if you can, please. I'd love to hear from you on this on 87 one double eight treble zero eight oh eight seven one double eight treble zero eight. Malachi, you're on Ireland's classic hits. Hi, Good Malachi. Good afternoon, Adrian. How are you? Good to talk to you again, Malachi. Now, um, I'm assuming you uh, would like a united Ireland. Yes. Do you see that happening within your lifetime? No, I don't. Why let not? me just clarify um, a, a, a fundamental untruth or a misaccurate un- inaccurate statement that you yourself made. People in the twenty six county did not vote for the Good Friday Agreement. They voted simply to remove Articles 2 and 3 of the Constitution. Of the Constitution. Correct. That is not the same as voting for the agreement. Mm-hmm. Right? And the people in the North had a totally different vote. They voted for the agreement. Now, the agreement was arrived at by what became constitutional parties, parties who, particularly on the, on the nationalist side or on the Republican side, former Republicans in the provisional movement, who voted for an agreement which basically said that they were wrong for the past 40 years and that 3,500 people shouldn't have died. They should have accepted Sunningdale, which was a far better deal if they were prepared to accept the Good Friday Agreement. And what the Good Friday Agreement does, and you're right in that, is it copper fastens the union. It says that there can be no change in the status of the six-county statelet unless the majority of the people up there agree to Correct. it. And that, brought up, that um, referendum, or whatever you want to call it on that, can only take place once the British... Secretary of State is satisfied with the agreement of the British Cabinet that... That there's a possibility it would pass. That it would pass, right? Now, just because there may now be a Catholic majority in the North on paper, I know many Catholics that wouldn't vote for a united Ireland vote because what has been proposed and the first that happened in the Tree Arena at the weekend, which was no different to the New Ireland Forum of, of many of Charlie Hockey's era, were constitutional nationalists and people who had no interest in the North, good, bad, or indi- uh, who were actually pro-British mm-hmm. from d- uh, down here. And I'm not talking about the blue shirts, I'm talking about these so-called leftist people before profit and, and all of these Trotskyite groups, which are totally anti-Republican and I, and I would argue actually totally anti-nationalist and anti-Irish in, in any of their... Okay, but, uh, go on, go on. Right, now... As an Irish Republican, and as somebody who has been involved in Republican politics all of my life, as have my mother and father who are now deceased, as have my grandparents who are also deceased, the issue for Irish Republicans and the people who went out in 1916 and in every generation before that was the sovereignty of the nation. It was about who had the right to determine the destiny of the Irish people. And before you can have any discussion on any type of future for this island, it can only come after a statement of intent by the British government that they are withdrawing from the affairs of this island. Mm -hmm. And that is when we sit down and we discuss the type of Ireland that will emerge. And what I would want to see is a federal type of Ireland where we have constituent parliaments or constituent assemblies in each of the four provinces. So one of the things that, for example, uh, the Tornish has said on Saturday is that perhaps... Was it the Tornish? I think it was was the Tornish. And what he said, well... well, Perhaps a a parliament would remain in Northern Ireland. No, actually, he said that a parliament would remain in Northern Ireland. But I would differ... I I will agree with him to some extent in that an assembly, not a parliament, but an assembly, a subservient assembly to Dáil Éireann would remain in, in an Ulster state. Right, which is a nine-county county, uh, province. Mm. What, what, what he saw, if I'm reading him correctly, is that that would, uh, be, it would be a northern parliament subservient to the British parliament, which would act under the direction of the crown. And that is a fundamental fault 
and a fundamental thing that Republicans can't accept. And I, I, you know, and I don't accept any nonsense coming from the leader of provisionalism when she talks about the time is now. And, you know, okay, so uh, so let me ask you then, Maliki. Obviously, as a lifelong uh, Republican, uh, your lifelong goal has been the unity of the island of Ireland. And there are many, and I'm looking at oh, the... My, oh, hold on. Yeah, my on. lifelong goal has been the removal of the British presence in Ireland. And then, whether it's a united Ireland or whatever comes after that, is a matter for the Irish people. Okay. There are two fundamentally different things. And we have been distracted. Uh, the, the, the British have said on many occasions, that they have uh, no selfish strategic interest in Northern Ireland. They said, and that goes back to to, um, the statement, I I can't remember which Secretary of State made that, Um, it was the one before Molan, I think prior maybe, that the British government said that they had no selfish or strategic interest, I think it was just before the Downing Street Declaration, in the North, right? Mm -hmm. Now, they clearly do have an interest. Now, and we debated this, and I think I debated this with yourself on some, some radio station or other at the time, um, that if they don't have a selfish or strategic interest, what kind of an interest do they have? It's certainly not an interest for the betterment of this island. And Britain needs to maintain a presence in the north for the, and on Ireland, and there's no doubt that it directs a huge swathe of, of activity in this state. And we have here a fawning political class who still sees itself as subservient to Britain, who has no sense of self-identity and is almost ashamed of everything that is Irish. Okay, so uh, let's let's come back to to the point uh, about, and this was, we were basing this conversation on an opinion poll that we read uh, earlier on that was run in the journal over the last couple of days, and it looks like it's been kind of replicated on our non-scientific poll, but... Uh, the question was asked, um, it, would you be in favour of a united Ireland in your lifetime? 55% said uh, yes, but that leaves 45% either unsure or saying no. Adrian, wait I tell you, the people in the 26 counties, not alone will they not, the majority, not, not bother going out and voting for anything to do with a united Ireland because they don't vote for anything else. They don't give a damn about the North. They've stood back. And they've allowed, for instance, just to take one small example, the British state authorised the bombing of Dublin and Monaghan. 33 people were killed. And what did the southern people do about it? Nothing. Just as, and they allowed their government, under the Fine Gael Labour government at the time, to say, oh, well, we think you're right on that. We're not going to do anything about it. All right, Maliki, stay there for one second. I want to just play this WhatsApp voice note that uh, came into us just a moment ago. If you want to get involved in this conversation, you can do the same. Uh, contact us uh, by WhatsApp voice note 087-188-0008. United or not, I'd love to see an orange order parade going down O'Connell Street. Imagine all the people coming out, all the kids dancing, having a great time. The orange men entertaining all the Dubliners. They wouldn't care what the banner said the kids. They wouldn't know who Billy was. They'd just be having a great time listening to the music. It would be brilliant. <laughs> Uh, that, sorry, go on, Maliki, go on. I, I, and I was one of the people who, who said that the Orange Order, or, or fate, whoever it was, a, a number of years ago, should have been entitled to march down Dublin. I had no difficulty with the Orange Order marching in Dublin. Because once they do that, then they're saying that they recognise that they're part of this island, that they recognise that they're part of, of the nation of Ireland, and that they want to march in the capital city where everybody should be marching. So I have certainly no difficulty. Okay, but, with, but with you it. know and I know that uh, an awful lot of people would have a problem. Um, all we have to do is remember back to that Love Ulster uh, march. Well, wait I tell you, had the city council not left the musician, uh, munitions on the middle of O'Connell... No, <laughs> they didn't help, I agree, yeah. That is what happened. And that's mm. tuggery. Those people are the same people who will be out ramming Gardaí in Clondalkin or, or Ballyfermot. That is tuggery. And nobody will stand over, no Republicans will stand over that. And they, people who rioted in, in um, O'Connell Street and, and the city centre on that day were not Irish Republicans. And they were not doing it in order to remove the British presence and what, in Ireland. Do you believe, Ireland. this is kind of a separate question, but do you believe we are uh, mature enough at this point to have a, an Orange Order parade on the 12th of July on O'Connell Street, Dublin? Well, considering we, were, we had Brazilian elections yesterday in the city centre, we have a Chinese... This is a very different, very different on. question. We, we have rioting in every city... 
town and village nearly, or every working class area, we have violence every weekend. You know, so undoubtedly there will be, and the same as there are right in that football matches, you ensure that it doesn't happen. But it is rioting for the sake of rioting. It's not rioting with a political intent. Just as much as the rioting in the north for the, during the conflict was what was called recreational mm. Saturday rioting. All right, Malachi, do me a favour and stay on the line there for one second. Uh, 087-188-0008 is our number. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We have more of your calls in just a moment. Uh, would you be in favour of a united Ireland in your lifetime? That's the question we're uh, asking you. After a get-together over the weekend in the uh, Three Arena, 5,000 people attended an event in the Three Arena, including uh, the Tarnished Lee of Radker, Sinn Féin leader Mary Lou MacDonald, uh, all discussing what Ireland's future might look like. We'd love to hear from you. We're back in a moment. And this is Adrian Kennedy with you until two o'clock this afternoon. Um, I just got this message in uh, from Pat. And Pat says, What have we in the Republic got to offer the people of Northern Ireland to entice them to join us? They have free school books, primary and secondary, including copy books. They have free GP visits, free prescriptions, free health care. They've low tax rates, VAT, income tax, no USC. Why would they give all that up? Unless we in the South have tax rates of over uh, 50% on income and 40% VAT, so the Northern Irish people can still have their perks while we pay for them uh, and still have uh, to pay for school books, GP visits. Be very careful what you wish for, Ireland, says uh, Pat. And that raises the whole question, and it's a separate conversation, about whether or not you would be prepared to pay higher taxes in order to fund a united Ireland. Because that is uh, a conversation and an awful lot of people say, no, I will not pay higher taxes for a united Ireland. Anne sent me this WhatsApp voice note. Hi, good morning all. No, I definitely wouldn't like to see United Ireland because first of all, most of the, a good lot of the people up in Northern Ireland are happy under the English rule. Second of all, the governments that we're under now can't look after the, the people in the country as it is, never mind taking on another six counties. I think from a political point of view, um, it would cause nothing but mayhem. It would um, start all this fight and business all over again. And uh, it just wouldn't be practical. I think we should stay as we are and uh, get on with things. And if Sinn Féin are considering... Um, are determined to get the country as a united Ireland again, uh, they certainly will not be getting my vote. Obviously, and that is uh, Sinn Féin's raison d'etre. That's what they want. That's what they've always wanted. I can't see uh, them dropping that desire anytime soon. Um, Where am I going now? I'm going to... uh, Rachel, you're on Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. Hi, Rachel. How How Good, thanks, Rachel. What do you want to say on this? God, you know, it annoys me when I hear people saying they don't want to be united Ireland. I have to be honest with you. Why? Like, because, you know, it should be. It should be a united Ireland. You you were talking about the opinion poll saying, oh, you know, the majority of people up the north don't mm. want to be part of the united Ireland. I only heard an opinion poll off RTE about, and I would say it was only about a month ago. And they were saying, oh, God, most people up in the north want a united Ireland. I, that's why, for me, I don't trust the, the polls anymore because... I just don't think they're they're going to be accurate unless you speak to the people themselves. I, I, okay, I no, and having spoken as uh, having spoken to uh, yeah. people in the north, as I have uh, on many yeah. occasions, particularly from the unionist uh, side of the fence, you're talking about eight hundred thousand people north of the border that want nothing to do with the United Ireland. Well, how? Because I'm going to be honest with you, Adrian. I have to be honest. I it's one part, it's one subject I just get really annoyed with. Because at the end of the day, this is the entire island is Ireland, regardless of whether they call it North Northern Ireland. It's Ireland. Do you know what I mean? They go on about this British role, and people go on about, oh, if we take over Northern Ireland, you know, we're not going to have enough money. Northern Ireland produces its own, like, uh, like its own revenue. They aren't, like, they aren't a part of Ireland that sits there and has no revenue coming out of them. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, for me... Well, sorry, um, uh, that's not actually uh, true, Rachel. Northern Ireland is funded by the UK Exchequer to 11 or 12 billion euro a year. So you're, so you're saying that they, they create no money. Like, they create... Obviously, they create some money, but, but the, 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 the state has to be subsidised every single year by 11 or 12 billion. 
because every penny they get goes over to the Brits, goes over to the Exchequer, and they distribute then out into the different parts of Britain, or Great Britain, or whatever they want to call it. I just think people are so quick to say... Okay, so so how do you... Okay, how do you persuade uh, somebody on the Shankill Road in Belfast that being part of a united Ireland is what they've always wanted? How do you convince those people? I I, I don't... Listen, I'll be honest with you. I don't think it should be about convincing people. I'll tell you what. I think if people don't want to be living in Ireland, then, then don't. It's as simple as that. If you don't want... Well, I don't think we should, like, God, not saying force them to be Irish. I'm not trying to force them to be Irish. It's not about whether they're, they're, they class themselves as English or Irish. This is the island of Ireland. Yeah, I think it you have a very naive attitude on uh, the people uh, north of the, of the border. Oh, no, because, I, I can, listen, I've, I've actually spoken to, to unionists that actually want to be part of the United Ireland. They're few and far between. They are few and far between, Rachel. Yeah, I have are, myself. I have myself, I've but... to ones that don't. But I've also spoken to Republicans that do and Republicans that don't. Like, I've spoken to on both sides of it, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying everyone up there wants it. But I think, I think the majority of people that do want it, I think this is what happens. When it becomes a case of even the slightest chance that we might get a united Ireland, or there might be an option for it, or there might be a chance, this is what I find. Every time that something goes wrong, they kick off. They kick off, whether it's the DUP, whether it's the Unionists, whether it's something like that. They kick off and they kick off and they kick off until it's all kind of left and just hush hush so they can get their own way, regardless of what it's about. I actually find their whole approach to things is like a spoiled child. They kick up and they, they, they do everything just to get their own way. This comes back to what I just said. They do so. not want to be dragged into United Ireland. They see themselves as British. I think it should be put to a referendum and then a vote. Like, that's what I think. And that, that way, it's done fairly, it's done legally, and they have a choice then. You can either stay here in the island of Ireland, the way you are now anyway, or move over to England. If you, do you know what I mean? Like, they, they, they're not being forced out. It's not, I don't think it's right. It's not about forcing people out. It's about taking back our land that is ours. It is ours. Okay, stay there for one second if you can, please. I'd love to hear from you on this. Our number is 87 188 Treble zero eight. Wayne, uh, you're on Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. Hiya, Wayne. Hello, Eddie. Good afternoon. Adrian, do you know, did you ever live in Northern Ireland? I've never lived there, no, but I spend a lot of time there. Well, I've lived there all my life. I've lived through the troubles. Lived through my tournament. Lived there my whole life where I got up every morning going to school, seeing my mother searched, my father searched, my brothers and sisters searched. Every hundred yards, get up in the morning, seen seen my seen soldiers in my front garden. Went to walk my dog. They were going to shoot him. Nine years of age. We were turned against our will. And you're sitting there and you're saying, we deserve. Sixty-four percent of the people in Northern Ireland don't vote are unionists. They don't even cast their vote. Mm-hmm. So when you take a walk as a national side. When we were being burnt out of our homes, when they turned the water off in the middle of the night because they hold the water boat, and they turned off your electric. I see my father getting out of bed at 4 o'clock in the morning to go to work to scrape 11 because they turned the electric off, and that's what they were turning it on at 4 o'clock in the morning. We've lived through it. I've been beaten, kicked, punched because I didn't say hello to a soldier at 10 years of age. We were interned against our will. The thing they fought against in World War II, they, are, they actually done it in the 80s and turned people against their will. You left us behind to suffer the wrath of the English government. I mean, you sorry, when you say you left us behind, you're speaking of the southern state um, not fighting for Northern Ireland or not fighting to keep the, the six counties. Northern Ireland was founded as a unionist state by four wealthy business, Protestant unionist businesses in Belfast City. It even says on it, no nationalists here. There's still a sign as you walk the key in Belfast. No Pope here. I know a friend of mine who was a unionist. He's married a Catholic. 
This fellow walked down and took his union card of him. He says, you're married a cake, you're no son of mine. Okay, here's the thing. Wayne, I understand your uh, anger. I have spoken at length to uh, family and friends who live in nationalist areas in the north, particularly in West Belfast, and about um, uh, people who lived through the Ballymurphy Massacre, for example. I know personally. So I have had this conversation with, uh, with many. However, we're in a different era now in that we have essentially had 25 years of peace on the island of Ireland, north and south. That surely is a good thing. It is, but the only problem we have, Adrian, we have the DUP who want to go back to the old ways. They want in the government to do away with the Great Commission. If you remember, the Great Commission was set up, basically, to stop being people held in their homes as the Orange Order moved wherever they wanted to. Mm-hmm. And if people were locked in their home by Saracens for days as the Orange Order. That's what the DUP want. The DU want DUP want to stay. They wanted to go back to the Absolutely. I, I wouldn't argue with any of that. But um, the DUP and what they want is uh, in a minority in the six counties now. And very much so in a minority, no? I would say so to some degree, Adrian, but people don't understand. The young unionists of the day are not interested. They don't even vote. I'm into politics in the North. I really am involved. Firstly, because I fight for children with disabilities against what they can't have. So I know we've been to Stormont. The biggest problem overall we have is unionists are losing votes to young unionists. Young unionists want to be European. They want to know about the North and South. I think they will vote for the United Ireland. Do you know, we, do you know what the people want at the moment? It's stability. We paid out nearly £9 million pound in wages for three and a half years. We are paying at the minute 25 grand a week for 25 MLAs that won't sit because they walked up and signed the contract to sit. And you are right, we do get 11 billion pounds for ground. Northern Ireland, there's nothing more expensive than Northern Ireland. It hemorrhages money. But a young lady goes on there a while ago and says, would we willing to pay taxes, school books and all the rest. People will, because we have nothing. We have no stability. We have no nothing. I put my son, who took ill, we had to put him in the emergency in Castle Bar Hospital. And we paid for the hospital. It was 80 euros. That was it. He's got a better set of treatment in Castle Bar Hospital than he would get in any other hospital in Northern Ireland. Okay, but stay, do me a favour, Wayne, and stay on the line there for one second if you can, because in just a moment I'm going to be talking to uh, an Englishman living in Galway uh, who doesn't know if the people of the North will be willing to, um, well, give up certain things that they have. This is a WhatsApp voice note that came in to me from Jonathan on 087-188-0008. How are you, Adrian? Yeah, of course, yeah, Northern Ireland would be great. It'd be lovely. But the time has to be right. The timing has to be right. And the people have to come with it. It can't be forced. Like the way Putin is down in Ukraine, it can't be forced. It has to be done properly, laid out. The question has to be asked. It has to be a clear question. Clear question. No misunderstanding of the question. And that'll, that'll all be done in time. These things take time. But at the moment, I don't think the right time is now. Thanks, Adrian. And it's Adrian Kennedy in for Nile this uh, Monday afternoon. Hope everything is good with you. We're in the middle of a conversation sparked by the event that happened in uh, Dublin's Three Arena on Saturday. A um, An event organised by Ireland's Future was held in the Three Arena. Over 5,000 people uh, in attendance, although... Uh, reading some of the uh, stuff on Twitter over the weekend from Northern Loyalists, they're ripping the you-know-what out of the fact that only 5,000 people attended. They point to uh, marches and protests they had last summer dur- or last winter during the snow when over 10,000 people turned out. Anyway, that's the sort of uh, vitriol that there is out there. But anyway, a recent poll showed that 55% of people here would like to see a united Ireland 
in their lifetime. That leaves 45% who are unsure or um, answered no. So by no means, certainly looking at uh, opinion polls in in the last couple of years, by no means is there a a fait accompli in terms of what people this side of the border want to see uh, happening. Now, Graham, you're on Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. How are you, Graham? How things? Good, thanks, Graham. An Englishman uh, living in Galway. I am. And you don't believe that uh, the people of the north would be willing to give up certain things that they have that we don't in order to achieve a united Ireland? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's that way to me anyway. And what have um, you... OK, what have you been told? Well, it's just that everything that people get for living under a UK government, they're quite happy with. And I think people don't like change anyway. Um, perhaps they'd be worried about what might happen to their lifestyles if they become part of self. And uh, again, even though there's been much made over the uh, fact that as of last, well, as of earlier on this year or last year, uh, the uh, population in the north is more Catholic than Protestant now for the first time in its history. That still doesn't mean a united Ireland is just around the corner. No, certainly not. I mean, um, religion is religion. Is there anything to do with running a country? I'm not. I'm not politically minded. I'm not um, religiously minded. Mm. You know, um, it's just. It's nice that there's been no troubles in the north. People can go around and feel quite comfortable. And the same in the south, feel quite comfortable walking around their, their country and their towns without fear of reprisal or something happening. Hmm. And, and, and that's great. And, you know, long may it rain. OK, so you believe that uh, if it were to uh, be put to a vote anytime soon, uh, the people in the North would not vote to be part of a united Ireland because they would lose too much? I think so, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know a percentage um, that would need to be uh, attained for that to happen anyway. Is it, is it two-thirds majority? No, 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 it's, it's 50% plus one. Oh, right, yeah. 50% oh, plus one, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really don't know. I mean, it'd be too difficult to call. All right, stay there for one second. I just got this message uh, into us a moment ago, and it says, uh, I'm sorry I can't come on, but my family in the north will uh, not accept a united Ireland. This is because they... Uh, f- sorry, yeah, will not accept... This is because they fear persecution by... That doesn't... Is it, yeah... They would not accept a united Ireland because they fear persecution by Republicans. I don't get that, but anyway. Uh, We'll never stand for the flag of Ireland and load the national anthem. They would want a new flag, a new anthem, the ability when 18 to play sport for another country without having to wait three years, plus fly their own flag. Music festivals uh, are now no-go areas for Protestants. St. Patrick's Day was a day as a get-together. Now it's a Republican day. The Union Jack can't be flown in Ireland without real fear. The Irish flag is seen as the flag of uh, terrorism. And sadly, that is the reality with an awful lot of unionists and loyalists in uh, the north. Exactly what I just read out there. That is their uh, reality. Um, I don't understand the my family in the north will not accept a united Ireland because they fear persecution by Republicans. I don't understand that. I would have thought... Um, no, uh, 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 yeah. No, I don't understand. Anyway. OK, let me, let me move on. Uh, Robbie, you're on Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. Hiya, Robbie. How you doing? Um, firstly, can I just comment on what Graham was saying there, that the uh, things that people get in the north, because you know that some of the largest black spots for unemployment are in the north under the UK government, mm-hmm. just saying. Yeah, no, you know, no, you're so right, yeah, and you're sure, right to say sure that. About, I'm not sure about the, the handouts he's talking about are, you should really do a little bit of research into this, because in, in the six counties, the 18 to 25-year-olds have the biggest... Um, unemployment in the UK. Just just saying that for mm. a start. Um, in relation to what that other text was saying there, that, that's a loyalist that's coming from the fair side that 
um, like I mean, the twelfth has been taken over. The twelfth before nineteen sixty nine used to be seen by Catholics and Protestants as a day out on the day to go and enjoy yourself where they mingle and mix with each other, and then that was taken over by loyalists. So you know, the the same thing can be said with the St Patrick's Day is what you're saying about the twelfth as well. The, the the thing is that it is fifty plus one, and um, what it is, it's in the Good Friday Agreement in relation to the border pole, and that's what you probably hear people talking a lot about that. So that that's going to come around sooner rather than later. Um, is it going why, to why, later? Do, why do you say that? Because because it is because it is going to happen. Uh, you know, okay, that, but it, it, it is in the gift of the Northern Ireland Secretary of State Secretary, to, to call it, yeah. Yeah. Exactly, um, yeah. And he if, he, if he or she will only call, will only call for it if it looks like it could pass. Exactly, exactly. But that, and that's why I say it's not going to happen in the next year or two, but it's going to happen soon. I say it could happen with the end of this decade. To be honest with you. So, and I'm just, this is just my, my opinion, what I think, and I think it is going to come because of the reasoning behind when you said that it's more Catholic than it is um, Protestant in the North now. And when it is, someone saying that it doesn't come down to religion, it kind of does in a sense because of the, the void that's up there. But you have, to, you have to look at it like this. Both the Unionists and the Republican side are looking to say, okay, we have got 49.5% of the vote at the minute. If we wait five years, we will have a clatter, say 100,000 kids who are between the ages, say 13 and 17, who will be in voting age. So there all these types of things are what they're watching to see. When will it push it over? Mm. And they know where those votes are coming from because they know their areas quite well. And believe me, they do. So when they see that, you know what, I think we can get about 52% of the vote here, let's go to see the secretary. Now that could be in five years, it could be in seven years, you know. I'm not saying that it's going to happen overnight. But in general, the overall thing about the North is that, yes, you're going to have, um, you're going to have um, two sides on it, obviously, right? But now what's happening is with the DUP, they're losing a lot of votes um, to the alliance. And that was evident in the last election, if you remember, just mm-hmm. gone. The DUP went, vote went down. It didn't go to Sinn Féin, but it went to the alliance. So that means there's disfranchised unionists who are not happy with what the likes of the UUP, the PUP and the DUP are doing. Okay, and just because they're uh, not happy doesn't mean that they would fundamentally uh, change their view on on, on the United Ireland. They wouldn't. Um, well, I was going to say, no, it doesn't, but um, it, it, reports had been done on that and some had said that they would accept especially in the farming community, in, in and around the border counties. A lot of the unionist farmers in and around there felt that they would be better in United Ireland because it puts them back in the European Union. Now, that's a big factor that you have to take into account for this as well. Now, obviously, in the likes of Tigers Bay and up around Clockfern and places like that, you're going to have loyalists. Now, the loyalists are the harder side than the unionists. I'm not trying to explain here, but that's a fact of the matter that it is. So they're never going to be happy. We're also in, like, say, Ballymurphy and places like that. You're going to have the hard the hard um, Republican side as well that are always going to want the United Ireland. Mm. But to say that they don't see United Ireland happening, I can tell you now, I think it will happen. I'm 50 and I think I'll see it before I die. That's being honest with you. Because it, it's all heading in that direction. Yes. Okay, so, so what, well, unfortunately, time has caught up on me uh, in this hour. But very quickly, what do you do uh, Robbie, with the disenfranchised people in the north, and I'm thinking of those along places like the Shankill Road, yes, who yes. want nothing to do with any of this. I know, I know. How do you I drag them along? Well, I mean, it's not a case of dragging anybody along. We had the same problems in the north when the Republican side was fighting against the British Army. But the thing is that we have to bring everybody along as much as we can. We're not, we can't drag anybody, hmm. but it has to be done in unison. Okay. Robbie, unfortunately, I'm, I'm out of time, but if you want to stay there for a second, I might have a, another couple of words with you. Um, let me have a listen to uh, this WhatsApp voice note that came in to us from Bill. Adrian, how are you? I can't come on. Um, do people not realise the financial implications to the taxpayer and the Irish government if we have a United Ireland? Thing number two, am I right in saying that the tricolour will have to change because the green, white and orange is peace between orange order and green as an Ireland. That'll have to change. And am I right in thinking that the Irish national anthem would have to change? Now, I'm not sure on them ones, but I am sure on the financial end of it. We'd be absolutely crippled. Crippled. And the unionists or the nationalists or whatever you want to call them across the border would never agree to this. 
ever. Okay? That chap you're talking to there now, he's kind of living in the past. That's all, you know, that's all right, forward. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Robbie, I just wanted to wrap up with you because it was a bit yeah. rushed for, for time just before uh, the news there. Um, Can we answer his questions? Yeah, well, his, his, his main thing is, uh, could we financially afford it? It's been done by many, many reports. You should go online and look at them and see that it is beneficial to Ireland that United Ireland would be better off financially than it is being a separate state. Um, I'm not living in the past. I've, I've, I don't know how we got that, saying that I'm living in the past. On the, on the, the tricolour and the flag uh, and on the national And the anthem, yeah. Possibly, yeah, quite possibly they have to change. Yes, that's the answer to that. And the other answer to his first question was it will be actually quite the opposite of what he said. And I'm not living in the past. I'm actually looking very much to the future. Sorry, Adrian. Okay, so, uh, yeah, but when you ask people then, uh, would you be happy with uh, changing the flag or changing the national anthem? And there's uproar. People just are saying, no, no, why should we, is the answer I hear from a lot of people. Why should we? Yeah, yeah, I know. And by by the way, that's only a small little detail of what would be a nightmare of a, a negotiation. Of course it was, but look, everything starts with a step. You know what I mean? If, if you look around the globe of even take like um, South Africa or places like that, and even here during the War of Independence and then even the North for the Good Friday Agreement, everything starts somewhere and it has to start somewhere. I mean, the, the thing is that, yes, you're never, ever, no matter what you do in life, you will never get everybody on the same page. It doesn't matter what it being, following a football team or, or whatever it may be. You never do. But the thing is that when we look forward to this, we have to take everybody into consideration and we all have to sit down at a table because any time there's wars or any time there's disruptions, where did they always end up? They always end up at a table. And that's what's going to happen here as well. Um, the, the thing yeah, is easy, that we, I, I think that table was in 1998 with the signing of the Good Friday Agreement. I think that was the table. No, well, I mean, the, the, what came from that was the... The agreement for many things that see that sees the island of Ireland have a more peaceful um, state now than we were in beforehand. But also you have to remember the looks of the border poll was agreed across the board by all parties in that as well. So there was looking to the future in that Good Friday Agreement as well, Adrian. It wasn't just standing still. There's nothing ever stands still. Okay, so, so do mean, you think we are at a place where uh, the, where people in the South and people in the North would be in favour of a united Ireland. Because if you do think that, I think you're living if, in a dream world. No, no, no. If if you put the vote to an All-Ireland, I think you probably would get a yes overall. But it, it won't uh, happen that way. No, it won't happen that way. It's got to be a vote in the North and be a vote down here. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that, like, um, what would I say now? I think down here, yes, I think it would be a yes in the 26 counties. And the six counties, oh... I don't know is the answer to that. It'd be very, very tight either way. And um, because you can see by the, the demographics in the, in the six counties that um, they were saying that 51% um, are Catholic now. But if that doesn't no, mean no, that no, 51% no, no. For, are no, voting age. No, 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 not, not 51%. 45.7% compared to 43.5% yeah. who are Protestants. But the thing is, though, as well in that, that's just saying that people are Catholic and Protestants. That doesn't mean you're a voting age Catholic or Protestant. Absolutely. Uh, and nor you know, does it mean that just because you're a Catholic, you want to uh, be p- part of a United Ireland. It doesn't oh, mean yeah, that either. Sure. Exactly. Because not every unionist votes for DUP or UUP. And not every um, Catholic votes for Sinn Féin. You know, that, that's, that's a fact of the matter. That's why you have the alliance and the SDLT as well in, in the North. So, look, I mean, there's a lot to go. There's a long, long, long way okay, to go. Okay, well, in, answer, in answer to the question, will it, do you think, happen in your lifetime? Yes. I'm 50 now, and yes, I think, well, hopefully I'll live a few years and you know yourself, Adrian, but yes, I think in my lifetime there will be a United Ireland, absolutely. All right. And that's looking to the future, not living in the past. All right, good to talk to you, Robin. We'll squeeze in one last call very quickly. Morris, you're on Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. Hiya, Morris. Great discussion, loving it. Um... Yeah, listen, if we were an Ireland nation... Are you there, Mars? Sorry, we yeah, got, we, we got, your, your line dropped out there. Say that again, please. I was saying we were an Ireland uh, people, an Ireland people before we were colonised. Yep. And, you know, what was before, we shouldn't have gone back to the way it was before. Like, we were, you know, we, we, we fought for independence. We fought for our freedom. Like, 
I had families on my mother's side and father's side, both on different sides, Free State and uh, old, old IRA. And uh, families were torn apart by the troubles in this country, you know, and then it went up north. So I think the time, look, at the Irish people voted, didn't they, to give up Articles 2 and 3 so we mm-hmm. could bring peace to the island. Am correct. I right? That's correct. Yeah. So we're willing to go peacefully to do it. I'll give you one example where the English handed back power or a country. Hong Kong. But that was only because they had a lease on it. They had a, a, a limited they, they time lease. Any, any country they went into, they colonised, and if they couldn't hold on to it, they destroyed it. Okay, but Hong Kong they, is a different uh, case. They they took out a well, lease on the place, basically, and the lease ran well, out, and they had to give it back. Yeah, well, they, yeah, but they had to give it back. But it went, it went to true, uh, sh- uh, a smooth transition, you know? It's something similar. Like, they took part of our oil, and they said, right, they don't accept what we're giving you. We'll annihilate you. Yeah. I'm aware of all. Of, uh, yeah, no, I'm yeah. aware of the uh, of yeah. our history. Yeah. Um, uh, my question that we're asking today is: Would you like to see, and do you think you're going to see a united Ireland in your lifetime? Well, I'd be very optimistic, and I mean to say, if we can give up the rights to our country to bring peace to an island where people were murdered on both sides, and if it comes around in the future that peacefully we could become a one island nation again, why shouldn't that happen? With the will of the people. But is there? The will of the people. That's the question, Mars. This well, is ultimately what this comes down a, to. Yeah. Do you think you'd ever see a discussion in Dublin where people were saying, well, what do you think about the future of Ireland? No. I never thought I'd see that, but it's there. And they're only talking about it. No, no, Nobody's I'm aware talking. of that. I'm aware of that. Yeah. But it, it, it is all the... anybody's hand. No, absolutely not. But my question is, bearing in mind all of yeah. the complications that go with this, exactly. and my God, there are lots. Um, so. Do you think that we will see United Ireland in our lifetime? Yes, I think I think we will. My mother, my mother is passed a long time, and she said, "Man's inhumanity to man will never bring peace to this island." Now we're we're, we're sort of heading down the road of peacefulness, and I mean to say, we can live side by side, or we can be a one island nation again, thirty-two counties reunited peacefully. Well, that's the way we were before we were colonised. So why shouldn't we go back to the way we were peacefully? All right, Morris, thank you very much indeed. And um, one final message from Pat, and uh, Pat says, uh, if you say United Ireland to a loyalist, they will tell you that there wasn't a United Ireland until the British arrived. Prior to that, Ireland was a collection of different uh, fiefdoms or fiefdoms, which is true, I suppose. And then they did unite, well, they took over the place and they united it as an island. It's a weak argument, but anyway, yeah, no, you're dead right. That is the sort of thing you will hear. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio, the multi-award winning Niall Boylan show.